Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about creating a successful podcast. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew. As always, Matthew, how are you getting on? Very well, thank you, Colin. Time of recording, Friday. I've got some beer in the fridge. Uh, I usually start drinking on a Friday about half eleven. It's seven <laughs> minutes past eleven at the moment, so if we could just get this wrapped up quickly, please. Halfway through the show. Yeah, yeah. I, you just hear a crack of a tin or a bottle. We occasionally do that at Christmas, eh? Have a, a couple of beers in a podcast. Uh, never managed it in the last couple of Don't know about years, you, but... I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So what are we covering today, Matthew? Uh, what do podcasters care about? Um, so I, I could just ask you what you care about, Colin, or we could look into the data of 537 podcasters, what we asked in a survey, because we love a good survey, don't we? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. No, this was really cool, actually. I, I loved this idea when you first brought it up, the idea of asking podcasters really genuinely, what do you actually care about? Because I think the the industry is young, but it's been around long enough now that there's people in the industry that think they know what matters to podcasters. Um, and I think you and I often rebel against that slightly. Like, do podcasters really give a crap about whether an RSS feed is involved or do they just care about getting their voice out there? So mm-hmm. we decided to ask them those kind of questions, didn't we, to see what people really care about. Um, there's a few surprises, wasn't there? Or was Definitely, that? yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. There, there was certainly a lot of interesting data in here um, yeah, and uh, a couple of nuances as well, which we'll get to. And yeah. um, I think a good starting point for this survey was just to find out a bit more about who was answering that, um, specifically like how long they'd been podcasting. Because like for you and I, Colin, we've been going 10 years plus now. Yeah. Um, obviously, loads of folk are coming in the medium every year. And it's likely, I suppose, that, you know, folks that have been doing it for 10 years are going to have a lot of different thoughts and opinions than maybe somebody yeah. who started yesterday. So that was the very first question we asked was just how long have you been podcasting? So um, you, you got to look at the data there, Colin. Yeah, sure. Right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, this is important in that it was kind of, this was our thinking, wasn't it, that newer podcasters, like as the as the medium opens up, uh, we get newer podcasters in that do they care about the same things that podcasters that started five years ago do? Because it was it was a very different place, wasn't it? Five years ago, really, um, podcasting. So it was yeah. all dinosaurs and iPods. Indeed, indeed. I <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the way it was split in the end was what did we have? We had five percent. So one in twenty of our respondents were ten plus year podcasters. So we had a good few. I mean, what is it? Let me figure. Let me see. So, five hundred, roughly, podcasters, wasn't it? So, what's that? That's like fifty of the five hundred are actually over ten-year podcasters, and then fifty percent were two to five years. So, we had a big representation from pretty experienced podcasters here, eh? somewhere between yeah. two and five years, and then the other sort of forty to forty-five percent was. Um, in the kind of actually no no we've got five to ten as well didn't we so ten percent were five to ten so actually fifteen percent had done five plus years of podcasting mm-hmm. and then we've got about forty ish where either less than a year or yet to launch so decent distribution I think wasn't it yeah definitely and it's worth saying up front as well um, rather than us keep on mentioning loads of links and stuff like that you will find all of this at the podcast host. I can't even get the link, thepodcasthost.com slash cares. That'll take yes. you to all of these um, all of these graphs and stuff like that that yeah. we're going to talk through now. 
And since you're, since you're linking as well, and uh, we're about to dive into the data, I'll say as well, obviously our content is always supported by the products we do, which is Alitu generally, um, most often mentions Alitu is our podcast maker app. It helps you uh, record from call recording to solo recording. It helps you edit with a custom podcast editor built in. It does all your audio cleanup for you automatically from noise reduction to audio leveling, pieces it all together puts in your music, your fades, and helps you publish to your host as well. So if you fancy an easier way to make your podcast, pop over to alitu.com, A-L-I-T-U.com, and you get a seven-day free trial. And that's what supports all of the free content we put out, including podcraft, including the blog, including the surveys, all that stuff. So your support there, much appreciated. Yeah, it also pays for my beer. So get signed Indeed. up to that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Looking back to the the sort of folks that responded to this survey, we also asked them the question, why did you start a podcast? Again, just trying to get to know them a wee bit. Um, so 7%, 7% uh, were doing it for an employer, 13.8% for a cause or activism purpose, 19.7% per, uh, wanted to grow their business, 21% wanted to build their personal brand, and at the top, 38.4% as a hobby, we had a wee bit of um, pushback, not pushback, a, wee, a few comments about the term hobby. I think a lot of podcasters, they're not keen on that term. And I, I heard the term um, creative outlet used a bit more. So Lindsay actually yeah, did a good article about that too, which yeah, you find did. linked in there. So yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, that topic is just, it's, it's really interesting, actually, like hobby. Hobby just kind of, it almost demeans it a little bit, doesn't it? Um, it's like there's a lot of podcasters do it for fun they start for fun they do it to be creative to to talk to get their message out and it and it could be termed a hobby because they're maybe doing it about board games or about cycling or you know something like that but actually they they want to get out there and get their message out and make a difference in people's lives and and potentially earn a little bit of money in the future so it's not necessarily a business but it's not something as small as a hobby either so it's yeah it's a good question I think just looking at that next question too, we we asked them um, the point of well statement was the point of my podcast is the end result, not the process, and this was one of those um, survey answers where you like grade it on a you know strongly agree strongly disagree. <laughs> um, un- unsurprisingly, on this you've got one of the patterns where like it's low at the the start, low at the end, and high in the middle because it's very easy just to go in the middle with these things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Um it's funny that actually because i always i thought that people would want to get it's the end result they don't care about the process but actually i think this shows that people still actually just quite enjoy the process of podcasting don't they there was quite a lot of people actually were in the middle they were they kind of they wanted the end result and the process that's how i read it um so they enjoy the recording they enjoy speaking to their guests or their co-host and they enjoy the end result as well so i think it was quite good that in that it's you know, it shows that people out there still care about podcasts and they still enjoy it as a medium. It's not just for marketing or just for growth or just to make some money or or even just to talk to their friends. Like if it's a, a hobby, I'm really allowed to say that now. <laughs> if it's a, a more creative podcast, um, they want an end result and they want the fun part of it. So I think that's quite cool. Yeah, like I'm doing that gaming podcast just now. And um, for me, I just genuinely really look forward to the conversations like yeah i, yeah. I wouldn't say i don't care uh, about them once they're out there but for me it's like the main fun part is like oh i'm speaking to like the frostgrave creator tonight this is cool i'm gonna you know have a good chat with them find yeah. out some stuff that i'm interested in 
the fact that people are listening to it is just a bonus. But mm. you know, it's a it's a conversation I would just love to have anyway. So I totally yeah. relate to that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What about the next one? So this is one of the kind of um, one of the more thorny ones about monetizing your podcast. And I there's yeah, I think there's a lot of opinions around around people who you know do it as a passion project, just as a creative outlet, and they, they're not fussed about monetizing. But actually, what do this what do the numbers tell us here, Matthew? Yeah, so again, this was them being asked to to sort of pick um, whether they strongly um, are interested or or totally not interested, um, and it was a almost stair-like pattern going up here, wasn't it? So um, 4.5% had no interest whatsoever. 3.6% actually on the on the one scale, um, 68 on the two, 17.5 on the three, climbing up to 22.6 on the four, and then up at five was 45%. So almost half of the folk that, that um, yeah. answered here are interested. And I'm not They're surprised at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. Totally. I think like we, we talked about 10 years ago, uh, it was probably a bit more weird then, you know, when when you saw somebody monetizing, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know yeah. about that. But these days, it's, it's like so selling common. out. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. ten years ago, this is before Patreon and everything. It wasn't yeah. an easy thing to do monetizing no. a show. So yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's it's pretty clear. Uh, the numbers show. Yeah, very few people like on the zero. You've only got six nine about 15 percent of people on the bottom half are there um and all the rest so 45 6 70 80 plus on interested side of monetizing so definitely an area we need to develop in podcasting because like you say it's getting easier tools like patreon memberships like memberful all that kind of stuff all these tools that have come out and really work closely with podcasting even the private podcasting tools that have come out with all the podcast hosts like castos really pushing on private podcasting for example and all these tools out there that make it easier it's still still not super easy it's still not all totally tied together there's still a lot to be done there i think to make it really simple for folk so yeah i always laugh at the, there was a meme a few years ago going around and it was like um want to monetize your podcast sell your equipment <laughs> which always made me laugh but yeah much <laughs> yeah. easier now much easier now. <laughs> yeah totally all right so we're on to uh, a few of the questions that i think we asked intending to find if there was any controversy wasn't there um, so this is around the importance of certain elements of a podcast. And the statement was, uh, any serious podcaster must own their own website. And the intent behind this was that, you know, they could, shouldn't just use the, the website that comes with their podcast hosting platform. They should have a home for their podcast. Um, so what did that come out with, Matthew? Yeah, so 19% just didn't care either way. 28.9%. Um, disagreed with that statement 52.1 percent agreed with it so over half of the folks that answered this survey uh, felt that any serious podcaster must own their own website what's your opinion gone i'm definitely on the agree with this one actually I, I think it's one of those um stage things though like if it's uh when we're working with very new podcasters like it's quite a big job to think about creating a website and actually making it all great for your customer for your customers so it depends what kind of podcast you're doing but you know if it's customers or if it's audience or it's just fans um a website that you can customize that you can own that you can start you know, building out to be your own home base that is the home of your brand that you really own, so valuable. But the one that your hosting platform gives you is fine for the early days, for your first 10, 20 episodes, you know, concentrate the content, 
that's what brings people in and then you can make the website later but yeah for certain i mean that's the statement any serious podcaster you get serious once you're 10 20 30 episodes in don't you you decide Mm. you really want to do it and you start to really double down on it so i'd agree with that absolutely yeah what about you yeah, I think so. And I, I kind of agree about that stage thing. Like, it's not something I'd say on day one, you should be, you know, on support chat to like Bluehost or that. That's just going <laughs> to stop you. And you will be on support chat to Bluehost a number of times, as I found out over the years. But yeah, if I was totally starting out, I'd probably go that middle ground between the um, self-hosted and the one you get with your hosting platform. I'd go yeah, with PodPage. Yeah. I really like PodPage. You can yep, set yep. up a really cool website in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great wee service. Shout out to them. Yep. Um, yep. I, but long term, I reckon I'd, I'd be looking to establish full ownership over it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. PodPage and and those kind of website building tools are great. Um, and some of them have like WordPress templates that really podcast suited as well, which makes it really easy to set up a good podcast site, even if you're putting it on WordPress. So something that you own as well. So yeah. All right. What's the next question? Yeah, it's the one we've alluded to earlier. So the statement was, a podcast isn't really a podcast if it has no RSS feed. So what what did we get in terms of the results here, Colin? (laughs) Almost dead on half and half. We've got 50% of people agree and 50% of people either don't care or disagree. (laughs) So to break it down, we had uh, 12% of people disagree. So there was 12% of people. So what's that? 50-ish folk out of the 500 actually like um, directly um, strongly disagreed with the fact that a podcast needs an RSS feed, which is interesting um, because that means that they're thinking, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's got an RSS feed, it could still be a podcast. And I mean, I think it's equally interesting that nearly 40%, 38% of people just didn't care. So I think that shows kind of what I've been thinking for the last year, the last two years, I think you as well, Matthew, like podcasters don't care about the tech behind podcasting. They want to get their message out. They want to get their voice out. They want to create great content and and gather fans around it. That's what podcasting's about. Um, and yeah, I don't know. What about you? I'm in two minds because if a show only exists in one place, especially behind the paywall, then that's a problem. Like um, I need all of my shows in you know the app that i use to listen yep. to podcasts yeah yeah for sure uh so some might argue technically maybe correct at this point in time that well you need rss to do that um and that might be true at the moment um, but surely it's not like that's as stuck with it forever like there might be another way of doing it that's not rss technically yeah so, yeah um, yep. If we could put a yep. robot on Mars, I dare say you could deliver podcast episodes <laughs> to multiple apps over the yeah. internet so yes. yeah yeah i think it's just um yeah the, the technical aspect of it and the definition of RSS doesn't matter to me, but I think a show being available, oh, there's Brooke having her opinion downstairs, I don't know if she's <laughs> trying, but uh, yeah, the, the fact that a show has to be available in all the different listening apps, I think that is important, so I do I agree. care about yeah. that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it needs to be open. So I, I think that's a different question. Like, is it um, is it a podcast if it's Spotify only and it's not got an RSS feed. So the only way to listen to this is on Spotify. I think that still is a podcast, I would suggest, because it's more about the format. It's more about the the approach. But I don't agree that that's a good um, thing for podcasting necessarily, that that kind of thing exists where there's only one place to go for it. 
Well, there's arguments against that too, to be fair. But yeah, I think the tech behind it essentially is not something to really dig your heels in about, which I think some people in the industry do. <laughs> they get really wound up if you think of it any other way to put a podcast out. I mean, if I see somebody on YouTube um, calling it a podcast because it's more kind of talk radio and they just happen to have a video feed as well, but they publish it on, on YouTube, then fine, it's a pod, call it a podcast. It's a podcast. It's not necessarily someone you can subscribe to in your podcast listening app, which means that it's less accessible. So I would say republish it on an RSS feed, sure. But it's a podcast in all those forms. So it's fine. <laughs> it's all about the content. It's getting the message out. That's all we care about, really, I think. And next up then, we were talking about email lists, weren't we? So another Indeed. another statement presented to the to the, the survey filler outer uh, was any serious podcaster must run an email list. What results did we get here, Colin? Well, yeah, we had 40% here agreed with that fully. Uh, 13, nearly 30%, 28%, no real opinion either way, and 32 disagreed. So a bit more of a split on this, basically almost equal between them all, or very close at least. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's one of those, um, we, we kind of often tell people like it's a really good way to, it's one of the best ways to promote your show is to start to, you know, build that list and um, have a way to reach out to your audience in a push format as opposed to pull. You know, if they if you've got their email address, you can tell them that your new episodes are out rather than try and pull them into the app. So, I, th- I, I mean, I still think it's a really good uh, approach to grow a show, but certainly it's not essential to be a podcast. Yeah. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally sold on all the benefits of it. I guess um, – I, I, I just don't want to railroad people into doing it if they don't have time to do it properly because it's not the sort of thing you could just phone in. Like, don't just do one because you feel you should because yeah, you're going to need yeah. to spend some actual time on it to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just mugging your listeners off and yourself. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't be forced into doing what the, the priority if you're podcasting is to get your podcast out. Um, yeah, for so sure. if yeah. you can make time for this, brilliant, but don't feel don't feel bullied into it. Yeah, totally. I agree. All right, Apple. So what best sums up your feelings on Apple and Apple Podcasts? That was the question we asked next. How do people feel about Apple Podcasts? Uh, and what will we get there, Matthew? Yeah, so out of the three answers they were asked to select, um, 50% had no real opinion on Apple either way. 36.8% said that Apple could and should be doing more to help podcasters. And 12.6% said that Apple have done a lot for us and they can't be expected to do more. Um, what's your opinions <laughs> on that then, Colin? Yeah, th- this was one of the old old debates as well, wasn't it? Like two, three, four years ago, you'd have people really kind of getting angry at Apple for not taking more um, care over the podcasting world and building more tools and helping podcasters and stuff. And I suppose there's probably two parts to it. Apple have actually done a bit more in the last few years. They still could do a lot more, I think, if they wanted to. Um, they've put out more of their stats. They've improved their, you know, podcast connect, all that kind of stuff, built new tools, like subscription tools, that kind of stuff. So they have put a bit more work into the last couple of years, but I mean, I think people getting wound up about this. My thoughts were always the folk that get wound up about Apple, not taking more care. were kind of, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of expecting them to do something that they really don't have to do or really don't, shouldn't be expected to do. Like podcasting is mm-hmm. ours. Podcasting is the podcast, belongs to the podcasters and we can do what we want with it. Apple gave us this platform. They kind of created in the first place, gave us that platform and then just let it run. Didn't mm-hmm. try and control it. Didn't try and 
have too much influence on it, which I think was a good thing in, in a lot of ways. Although they could have, I mean, they could have had a positive effect on it by doing more work, but they could have also had a negative effect by doing more work on it. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can expect Apple to have done, should have done more or to do more in future. I think we do what we want with podcasting and don't expect the big platforms to do anything else. Yeah, I think this complaint maybe comes from a lot of folks who don't think that their podcast's doing really well and, and they want to blame <laughs> somebody else. So I would say like, <laughs> y- your podcast is your own responsibility and yeah, any third-party yeah. platform that provides a tool for you to use that might you know make it easier or whatever that's great yeah. but you can't rely yeah. on these things like it's your show like yeah. um you know if it's if it's not grown there are a hundred things to try before you start thinking about oh i wish apple would help yeah. me a bit more so yeah yeah i think the stats here are interesting in that, that, that i've no real opinion on apple either way um I wonder if we, we maybe could word this a little bit differently if we do this survey again, but you could interpret that as, you know, people thinking, eh, I'm not really fussed about this question, or it could be people who actually don't really think of Apple being such a massive um, driver in the space anymore. Like that's one of the big changes in the last few years as well. The fact that other platforms have climbed up so much, like Spotify pretty much matching Apple in terms of influence in podcasting and listenership in podcasting too. So, and it's interesting as well that what was the stat I saw the other day? It was with them came from Albin from Buzzsprout, I think where he said that there's a big proportion of their shows now don't seem to be listed in Apple at all. So there's a lot of people creating a podcast um, using traditional hosting, not even like there's plenty of people creating podcasts on Anchor and they only end up in Spotify because they don't know any better. But there's people creating podcasts on traditional hosting platforms like Buzzsprout and still not listing it on Apple for some reason. That is so that's interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> arguably, yes. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of shows the waning influence though, doesn't it? Like the fact that they're just not, Apple used to be podcasting like that was you were a podcast when you were listed in Apple Podcasts or iTunes at the time, but these days it's not the case anymore, is it? I mean, you'd have to have a very good reason not to put it in there, like you honestly would. Um, I don't understand why. Well, <laughs> I think no, but I would argue maybe. I mean, possibly for some people, but um, maybe it's actually just lack of awareness, like because they're not so big. Like if you if you don't know that they're really a big influence in, in podcasting, all you know in the world is Spotify. You've never really come across Apple for podcasting. You just know that you use Spotify. You suddenly discovered this medium called podcasting because of Spotify, which I think is the case for a lot of folk. This this line just popped up in your music and said podcast. And you're like, what are these things? Uh, and that's all you know about podcasting. So why would you think then about seeking out other platforms for it? All right, next one. Uh, We've got a statement which was, oh, and so this goes back to what we were talking about just a little bit earlier. Walled garden content, like Spotify exclusive shows, for example, will endanger and potentially ruin podcasting. What stats do we get in that one? Yeah, so 30% disagreed with that statement. 33.8% had no real opinion either way. And 35.8% of course, sorry, Brooke's howling. She's going crazy. What did you do to her? She's running her own <laughs> podcast and she disagrees with my opinions on Apple as well. So, <laughs> um, she's a, uh, I, d- I don't know, I don't know what she's doing, but anyway, Spotify, Spotify's Wall Garden. Um, so Wall Garden content like Spotify exclusive shows will endanger and potentially ruin podcasts, and 35.8% agreed with that. Um, 
do I agree with that? I, I think I possibly do. I think I possibly do. I think the minute that stuff's all broken up and fragmented and put behind paywalls and all in different apps, I think that's going to be a bit of an issue um, potentially. So I think I do agree yeah. with that. What about yourself? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, uh, there's there's the two sides to it. One half of which is it is good that podcasters have more options to attempt to monetize their show, which Spotify are obviously offering in this way. Like, I mean, Spotify have put that money into podcasting. So, I mean, we don't necessarily think it's a benefit that Joe Rogan gets tens of millions of pounds for his podcast um, individually, whether you agree with his type of content or not. But I mean, the fact that that can happen and hopefully might spread out to more smaller podcasters in future rather than just the top 0.001% or something. I think the fact that that can exist is good. Um, the fact that it's concentrated in such a small proportion of podcasters right now um, is not so good, but I don't know about, yeah, the wall, the wall garden. Like I'd prefer podcasting to be open entirely. I want podcasts to be everywhere all the time um, and to be free all the time. That's the thing behind podcasting. Podcasters, I definitely, I agree with the idea of having exclusive content behind your podcast. You create a free podcast and you give away exclusive extra content yourself, which is a good way to monetize. But generally having each show accessible to the world anywhere, I think is a good thing for podcasting, the best approach. From Spotify to Anchor then, uh, yeah. we uh, we provided the statement, Anchor is having a negative effect on podcasting with the amount of dead shows on its platform. Um, so what was, the, what was the results here, Colin? The results were a third of people agree. So 33% of people agree with it. Half have no real opinion either way, 48%. And about 20% disagree. So... <laughs> this is a funny one. What, what about you, Matthew? What do you think? Uh, it's what it's a crap answer, but it depends, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it depends if they're well. That's the thing, isn't it? I was going to mention if they're all on Apple, but they all kind of were anyway, weren't they? Because Anchor had this weird thing where you just like create the show on there and it, and it got in. Yeah. So yeah, totally. But again, it's one of these things of just. I'm tempted to just say to folk, focus on your own stuff because like yeah, yeah. you'll rank well if you know you're getting subscribers and and you're putting episodes out like you'll do okay so i don't know that you need to worry about like there yeah. will be the odd occasion where it's frustrating because there's this show sitting on the name you wanted and they probably like compete in search for you and stuff like that but um yeah I th I, yeah i think the thing is as well though that those dead shows are probably not going to be really competing anyway are they because nah. they're they're not going to have much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not going to have any authority. Um, and like I, the directories, uh, like Apple, Apple podcasts, um, there's all sorts of debate about how they rank podcasts, but it's definitely, there's, there's the active um, or how active a show is, how many reviews it has, how, how often it posts, how many downloads it gets, all that kind of stuff that all goes into um, generally how podcasts are ranked. So a dead show with one episode is not really, I don't think is going to compete too much. And I think, I don't know, I, th I don't see, I don't see why people moan about it so much. Like, do, do people really care that much about like 
the stat, how many podcasts exist in the world. Is that what it is? People get wound up because they're like, yeah, I want to be able to say that there's 2.1 million podcasts in the world right now. Um, and not worry that like 200,000 of them are dead or something like that. Like, is that what, is that what people get wound up about? Potentially. Yeah. Um, I think it's the clutter fear that, you know, new listeners come in and they just, maybe the first six or seven shows they try and listen to are just like, a guy who's like, hey, it's my first episode. I'll see you soon. And yeah. then he never comes back. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It, interestingly, we were updating our stats article recently and the podcast index, they keep a record of all the podcasts out there, like full stop. Um, yeah. And it yeah. was four and a half million uh, last yeah. time we checked. And then it was down really? to like four million. So we reached yeah. out to them and just said, like, what's going on? What happened to? 500,000 yeah. podcasts uh, but they said that they've actually changed the way that they're they're counting a, 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 a proper podcast if you like and a lot of them yeah, it's like yeah. um, stuff coming through the free host that had less than three episodes and you know one of the episodes they wanted it to be over three minutes and stuff like that so they've totally changed the way they're, they're counting a lot of these things um, just yeah, because yeah. like they were saying there, there is there's so many shows out there where somebody's just testing their mic and they've submitted it yeah. to Anchor yeah. or whatever, and there it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think I think there is an argument to be fair for platforms like that having some kind of requirement before they do the automatic submission or even the user clicked submission. Like in, in all, nearly all the good hosting platforms, you can click a button and it helps you submit to places like Apple Pods and, and the other ones. And maybe there should be some kind of filtering whereby if there is only a one minute episode on there and there's only one, they say, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to post this? <laughs> here's um, here's our advice. <laughs> you should have this, this and this. Um, so I don't know, maybe there is an argument for that. Just, just to avoid a bit of that clutter. But I don't see that it creating massive harm Maybe this is naivety. Maybe there are real reasons in the technical sense behind the scenes, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't see it being a huge issue. All right, next one. Yeah, let's talk about some technical stuff that goes into the back end of making a podcast. Um, so starting with podcast loudness. Um, so when it comes to podcast loudness standards, and we asked a, yep. a, a multiple choice question here, I have a set and consistent loudness level for my shows, for example, minus 16 luffs. Uh, 36% agreed with that. That was the top answer. Second answer was, I have no idea what luffs are, and I don't worry about loudness <laughs> levels. That was 20, 28%. Yeah. Um, 26% said that they outsourced their production or used a tool like Alitu that automates this all for me without having to know anything about it, really. Um, yep. And the lowest answer at, at 9.5%. I understand loofs, et cetera, but I don't bother setting a loudness level. So yeah. was that surprising or interesting to you, Colin? Uh, nah, not really, to be honest. I thought that was pretty expected. It was like, yeah, so about a third um, know what a luff is and they set it. That's cool. Uh, it's like kind of thinking about, yeah, those people that worry about the technical sides um and the the fact that a third of people just don't really know what they are and they don't care <laughs> that's pretty expected as well um it's nice to see like a quarter of folk like just over a quarter 26 percent actually using tools to do it so they do kind of know and they care enough and they don't they don't worry about trying to learn all the technical sides of it they just use something like alitu or any of the other tools out there they'll do it so that's cool yeah nothing too surprising in there i thought but um but definitely food for 
industry folk who are kind of um, really uh, militant about this, <laughs> showing that uh, maybe there's a bit of education or a bit of um, maybe they should stop banging on about it um, quite so much, or maybe the, maybe they should actually, maybe, or maybe maybe the platforms are the ones that need to worry about it more because we can't really expect your average podcaster to know and care about such technical thing. Fun fact, I once had a draft article about podcast loudness with the working title, How Deep Is Your Muffs? Um, but, I, but I abandoned it because I thought nobody's going to know what that means. So yeah, um, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it's finally seen the light of day on this yeah, episode. Yeah, so <laughs> nice. So yeah, the next uh, the next question we asked when it comes to podcast bit rates, do you have a preference? What were the uh, what were the results here, Colin? <laughs> I've no idea what a bit rate is. Most popular answer, uh, which is not unexpected at all to me either. That's 40% nearly, 38.9. Uh, then we've got a third of people nearly, so 31%, um, saying that they thought 128 to 192 kbps seems like the right balance. So they obviously know. They're experienced enough. They know the, um, the technicals behind it, and they know what they want to aim for. Uh, you've got 10% saying my media host alters my files, so I've got no control of my bit rates, which is always interesting. Uh, 10% too, totally depends on the type of show I'm creating. So um, that's another group I would say are pretty experienced. They know the technicals behind it. And then we've got 5% said 320 kbps, go hard or go home. <laughs> uh, and then 5% too saying I'm happy to go as low as 64 to 96. So that's another bunch. So how many we've got in there? Um, right, so it's nearly 40% don't know bit rates. And then the rest actually all had an opinion. So we've got kind of 40 to 60 in terms of 40 that don't care, don't know what it is. And 60% actually do kind of think about it and know a bit about it. So that seemed uh, that seemed kind of to my expectations. Do you know what? Actually, no, it's not. I would have thought more, didn't know and didn't care. Mm. So that surprised me actually that so many had a, a real, relatively strong opinion on bit rates. What about you? I'm surprised the low number of folk that are um, happy to go with 64 to 96. I'm really surprised mm -hmm. at how few people yeah. that is. Um, yeah, so yeah. for the record, my answer here would have been that it totally depends on the type of show because if it's just spoken word content, then I'll go 96. But if it's more audio yep. drama, I'll go 192. Um, yep. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. It, it, it depends yeah, on the content. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm very, yeah. surprised at, um, very surprised at how... How few people want to go to 96. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, I think we recommend 96 kbps on our site as a kind of good average, don't we? Mm. Um, because I think that is, we've done a bit of testing around that as well, haven't we? Like listen to different files at different rates. I think I've listened to the same recording encoded down into 64, 96, 128, and 192 and tried to tell the difference. Aye, um, and and I couldn't, couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Exactly. Can't tell the difference. Um, as soon as you get a bit of music in the background and it's a bit more complex, then yep, fine. Um, and I think some people argue that because they've got theme music on the start, that that means they should encode the whole thing at a higher rate just to get that theme music okay, don't they? But I mean, do you think even like a bit of theme music, 15 seconds of theme music at the start sounds fine with 96 too? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if it, if it doesn't, you need to get rid of it. Um, so, and then there's there's one podcast I'm not going to throw them under the bus but there's a podcast I listen to in the and it's it's total uh, conversation just voice mm -hmm. um, recorded mm -hmm. online and it's like hour and 20 episodes and they do it at 3.20 and um, 
you know, at times you're downloading it and maybe you don't have like the best yeah. Wi-Fi in the world and it takes ages yeah. and I'm so yeah, totally. I'm so annoyed yeah. at them for doing that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Like a lot of people argue, well, you might as well go one nine two or three twenty, because like everyone's got good internet these days. But they don't it's actually yeah. it's simply not true. Mm-hmm. Like I I rarely download um shows ahead of time to my phone i am always out and about when i'm listening to a podcast i'm driving between here inverness and edinburgh there's zero signal um well not quite zero very bad signal so i can listen to a small show i can download and screen, stream a small show but i can't I, like tim i always struggle with tim Ferriss show i listen to that a lot two hour episodes um, and they they definitely take like much longer to get started <laughs> in my listening app. So yeah, it makes a difference. It does make a difference. And that and that's us thinking like that's us thinking where we live as well. Never mind, you know, there's plenty of places in the world that might have more um, remote areas and worse internet connection and stuff. And we want to reach everyone, don't we? Yeah, so. I I you don't want to be excluding anyone at all. So. Yeah, get those get those bits. Unless you're making an audio exactly. drama, I think then just release the WAV. In fact, right just per- perform <laughs> it live for every single listener. And, uh, <laughs> that's how you should deliver it. So, all right, next one. Hosting to censorship is the header here. Podcast oh, hosting stuff. platforms are <laughs> podcast hosting platforms are constantly adding new features to their offerings. Um, what do you think about this? Like. Is it? So 44% answered, I enjoy seeing new features and tools in my hosting account. I always check them out. 36 said, I think new features and tools sound interesting when they're announced, but I rarely have time to check them out. And 20% said, I don't care about the bells and whistles. I just want a reliable place to publish my episodes. (laughs) What do you think of that? I'm surprised at how many people always check them out, to be honest. I'm surprised that that number is high. I would have... anticipated that that would have been like a, a minority of people mm, um yeah yeah so yeah uh, where the various platforms i host various shows on when they reach out yeah. so i've added this thing it's like oh that's cool i'll never use it but you know it's, <laughs> it's nice to know it's there um so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. at that what about yourself i i wonder if there's a bit of um uh what like actions don't follow intentions there like Mm. a lot of people say oh yeah i definitely check out the new features but if you look in reality at what they really do they maybe don't it's hard hard to say that obviously but um yeah i'm not sure i feel like probably there's a lot more people in that second one they think they sound interesting when they're announced but they rarely have time to check them out or use them what would you have answered i would be the second yeah i think I don't know. I'm I'm always interested to see what they're releasing, but um, it's maybe less actually that uh, it's sometimes it'll be I don't have time to check them out and use them, and sometimes actually it's just yeah, it's the bells and whistles that I don't need. So I'd probably be between answer two and three actually somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to get it out there. I think um, I know like we had a wee team discussion about this when it came out, and I think one of the points I was making was that a lot of platforms now release like a monetization tool. Uh, but yeah, yeah. podcasters that are already monetizing their, their um, podcast have got ways set up so they don't need it. So it's not like you're saying, it's not mm. that they don't have time, it's just that they don't need it. So mm-hmm. it could be a bit yeah. of that. And there is an argument though for the newer podcasters or the ones that are thinking about it. And if your host then releases a tool for that, it gives you the option or... 
Aye, no, I just mean folk that were already doing it. I don't mean yeah. newer folk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I know what you mean, yeah. And I mean, I suppose even people that are already doing it, it is nice to think that you could bring everything into one place. But then again, you know, the places that dedicate themselves to monetization is a good idea, a good example. Like a host bringing some, um, for example, like uh, sponsorship tools or something in-house um, compared to ways that you can do it outside, like a kind of sponsorship marketplace or something like that. The sponsorship marketplace dedicated to that is probably going to be a better service. So you might have it all in one place, but it might not be as good. But then again, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one. I think it's just down to competition, isn't it? Like hosts always feel like they have to add in new stuff because it's so mm. hard to differentiate yourself. Yeah, aye. If you... If one came out though and just marketed themselves as we are the no bells and whistles, just upload the thing and yeah. forget about it. I wonder if that would actually be a yeah. USP possibly. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. I mean, if you you would then um, counter that or accompany that with being the lower cost one, I guess, because you're putting less time into development and features and you're just saying this is just going to be rock solid, great quality, basic podcast hosting and it's only going to cost you like eight quid <laughs> in fact there's probably a few hosts out there that would be exactly that as we we looked <laughs> let's talk about the podcast 2.0 namespace what 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 do you mean what? what do you mean you've never heard of it what? <laughs> percent of people um yeah yeah this is a, a curious one because um i think only the really really like um you know, the podcasters who are really interested in all the back end stuff and industry stuff really know much yeah. about this at this um, yeah. stage. Yeah. How would you define the, the podcast 2.0 namespace? Like, it's from my understanding of it, it's like a series of wee tags and features that apps can use to, to keep podcasting <laughs> open and stuff like that. It's it's uh, it's the former, not all the latter. So some of it is around keeping podcasting open, but most it's it's just about expanding RSS almost. Um, in a podcasting sense, like specifically for podcasting. So adding new tags, um, for example, one was the um, the protection tag. I can't remember exactly the word that's in it, but it's the tag that locks your RSS feed mm-hmm. that can pop into an RSS. So basically there was a problem that anyone could copy your RSS feed and import it into a new host and you could plagiarize somebody's podcast and publish it elsewhere. That's a problem. So the podcast 2.0 namespace, um, do you know what I'm saying this? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was the 2.0 namespace brought this in. If, if I'm wrong, I'm sure listeners will tell me. But uh, that that's the idea. They they create new tags for your RSS feed that solve problems that we have just now or expand out podcasting or just add features or just make it better, essentially. It's a group that set themselves up um, with that intent to help develop podcasting um the technical sides behind it so i mean i think it's a good thing but yeah it's more for the industry i think mm-hmm. than podcasters so i'm not surprised that 60 percent of people have never heard of it yeah your average podcaster probably just doesn't need to know about it um yeah. so yeah the other yeah. the other um answers it's vital for the openness of podcasting as we know it and should be embraced 22.8 percent uh I don't really understand what it's all about. Eighteen point five percent. So folks that have heard of it but still don't really get it. And yeah. um, we got yeah. a bit of flack from someone. I wish I could remember their name so I could credit them. So I like to credit people yeah. who have given a stick. Um, but no, it was it was constructive. They said, "Look, you've not done a very good job with this question. It's it's kind of loaded and flawed in your answers because yeah. they made the yeah. case that, uh, and it's a valid one, that somebody might have." 
heard of it and understood it, but still had concerns or disagreements with how it worked. So fair enough. Yeah, yeah we'll learn yeah, from that. Yeah. We'll make our questions better in future. So Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, every time we do a survey, there's always uh, some of the questions. It's really hard to make a survey that actually accounts for everything. So yeah, yeah. we always iterate every time we do it. Eh? Next one around, subject of, this is an interesting one, policing content. So the subject of policing content and censorship is a hot one right now. Which of these do you agree most with? Is it, I'm concerned about harmful, dangerous and misleading content and podcasting, but censorship is a slippery slope. There are a lot of great areas. Or it's the responsibility of hosting providers to weed out harmful, dangerous and misleading content. Or it's the responsibility of listening apps and platforms to weed out harmful, dangerous, and misleading content. Or it's nobody's right to try and police podcasting for everyone else. So the one where it was kind of the, uh, it depends. <laughs> There's a lot of gray areas, was 50%. So half of people said they're concerned about it, but it's a slippery slope censorship. Um, 20% thought it was the responsibility of host hosting providers to weed it out. Uh, and 18% thought it's the responsibility of listening apps and platforms to weed it out and then 14 percent said it's nobody's right to try and police podcasting so yeah a bit of a spread there and kind of not surprising i suppose that almost half of people said ah, we probably need something around this but uh, i don't know how to do it it's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm in that top camp you know the fence sitting i've yeah. got splinters of mars camp um, and I'm quite happy there because good luck to anyone who has to make any decisions on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's not a job yeah. I would like. We're going to split this episode in two. Uh, there's still a lot of ground to cover here from how podcasters measure success to the divisive topic of NFTs in podcasting. We'll also dive into a few notable differences between the opinions of newer podcasters compared to folks who've been doing it for five years or more. And on top of that, and most importantly of all, my wee girl might have stopped crying by then. She's got a couple of teeth coming through at the moment, and it's uh, it's great fun for all the family. Anyway, final shout out for Alla2, that's somewhere to record and edit your podcast that won't make you cry like a baby. See, this is why I don't work in marketing, but maybe I should. Uh, I guess the metrics will speak for themselves. Get a free trial at alla2.com, that's A-L-I-T-U dot com. 